Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Delicious meets nutritious in the snack that packs a real protein punch. Wonderful pistachios. Each one-ounce serving of wonderful pistachios has six grams of protein, giving you over 10% of your daily value and making wonderful pistachios one of the highest protein nuts. But perhaps more than that, I love all of the flavors they have. Their sea salt and vinegar ones are my favorite when I'm craving that flavor but want to keep it healthy. But that's just the tip of the iceberg. Wonderful pistachios come in a variety of flavors like chili roasted, honey roasted, smoky barbecue, and jalapeno lime. Perfect for enjoying with family and friends or taking them with you on the go. Whether you're a pistachio purist who loves cracking open every nut or you prefer the convenience of no-shells pistachios, Wonderful Pistachios has got you covered. Grab Wonderful Pistachios and elevate your snacking game today. So fill up with a healthy snack when hunger strikes. Visit wonderfulpistachios.com to learn more. That's wonderfulpistachios.com. This is Optimal Health Daily, episode 1161. How often do you think about food? By Jesse Neeland of jessenealand.com. And I'm Dr. Neil Malik reading you some of the most popular health and fitness blogs out there, with permission from the websites, and always with my commentary at the end. And if you want some extra inspiration in your life, come by our Instagram profile. You can search for old podcast on Instagram to find us, and we'll be doing some book giveaways there soon too. Now, I have another new author for you today. I'll tell you about Jessie right after the reading, but for now, let's get right to our first post from her as we optimize your life. How Often Do You Think About Food? by Jesse Neeland of jessenealand.com. Many of my clients spend a ton of mental energy thinking about what to eat, when to eat, how much to eat, and what all of that means for their body goals. They feel guilty, stressed, and anxious about eating too much or the wrong thing or something they didn't deem worth it. They track and plan and make rules and follow plans all in an effort to keep their eating and bodies under control. Then they come to me, utterly fed up with all of this thinking and tracking about food and tell me that they have wasted decades this way and desperately want to stop. They tell me they want their brains back. Maybe this is you too. Maybe you vowed to spend less time obsessing and stressing about food, only to realize you have no idea how. Turns out, it's harder than you might imagine to stop thinking about something. Kind of like when someone says, don't think about an elephant, and then you immediately think about an elephant. Trying not to think about food often has the exact opposite of the intended consequence. But then, how do you stop obsessing about food and get your brain back? How do you stop caring about what you eat and when and where and how much? How do you find food neutrality? The answer is that it depends. After all, your relationship to food is extremely personal, and each person's story is different. But based on my work with clients, I can share a few things I've noticed tend to help a lot of people move away from food obsession 
and toward food and body neutrality. Six steps for food freedom. Step one, re-educate yourself about food and weight. Get educated about anti-diet culture so that you fully understand how everything you've learned about food, weight, and health has been a complete lie. This will help support you in step number two. I also recommend the books, The Effort Diet, Body of Truth, Health at Every Size, Intuitive Eating, and Anti-Diet. Note, the process of re-education about food and health can be very overwhelming, scary, sad, destabilizing, and uncomfortable, as it often requires a refeeding phase in which you have to eat enough to undo the damage done physically and psychologically by dieting and or restricting. Be sure you have a solid support system in place as you move through this phase if you need it. Step two, stop dieting. It's near impossible to stop thinking about food all the time when you're not eating enough, as your re-education will make clear. So please don't try. If you're restricting or controlling food intake or are in a caloric deficit, plan on thinking about, dreaming about, and obsessing over food all day for the rest of your life. There is no way around this. So if you're interested in getting your mental real estate back for other stuff, you'll need to give up dieting, restricting, and food control. Pro tip, if you're thinking about food all the time, odds are pretty good you're just hungry and need to eat more. Step three, learn to listen to your body. Learn to tune into the signals of your body, including hunger and fullness, and embrace them all as the pure, neutral information they are. Your body comes fully equipped with a user manual in the form of feelings. When you need air, you breathe. When you need to pee, you feel pressure in your bladder telling you to go find a bathroom. When you need food, you feel hungry. When you've had enough, you stop. This user manual is perfectly tailored to you, which makes it a way better source of information than any external food plan. But it can be really hard to hear these signals if you've spent a long time tuning them out. And it can be even harder to trust if you've been taught that these signals are the enemy. Step four, dismantle moral attachment to food. Explore, identify, poke holes in, and reprogram the meaning you've attached to food, body weight, calories, body fluctuations, hunger, fullness, etc. In every single example of stuff that freaks you out about food and body stuff, there are two components, the thing itself and the meaning you've attached to that thing. Maybe you associate hunger with danger, belly fat with being rejected, a certain number on the scale with being a failure, sugar with poison, or binging with weakness. Learn to detach the story about something's moral value from the thing itself, and then dismantle and reprogram that story. Food is neutral. Hunger is neutral. Belly fat is neutral. Sugar is neutral. Step five, recognize that you and your body are on the same team. Get super clear on the fact that your body has been trying to protect you every step of the way, no matter what your food or body weight journey has been. Your body has been on your side, whether that means protecting you from a perceived famine by making you binge after dieting or helping you self-soothe with emotional eating. Recognizing that you're on the same side as your body is such an important part of rebuilding trust, which gives you better access to your body's user manual. Don't forget that your mind has been on your side all this time too. If you've been feeling crazy about food or your body weight, there is always a good reason. For many of my clients, 
obsessing about food helped protect them from feeling their feelings or facing the scary prospect of not being enough as they were. See if you can identify the ways in which your body or your mind have been trying to protect you, even as you treated them as the enemy. Step six, give up the idea that there is a right way to eat. Everyone is different. Some people thrive with dairy, some don't. Some feel best with lots of carbs, some with less. Because nobody is in your body, nobody knows how you should eat better than you. And even then, there is no end point or perfect way to eat for you. Appetite and cravings will fluctuate daily with your cycle, with your mood, with stress levels, with the season. That's exactly how it should be. There's no moral meaning attached to any of it, and there's no such thing as good food or bad food. So the best thing to do is ditch the external rules, clear out the stories about what food means, and then consistently tune in and listen to your body to figure out what works for you. If food neutrality feels like a completely impossible and faraway goal, consider the fact that the urge to eat and stop eating is as natural and self-sufficient as the urge to pee. You probably don't think much about peeing until you need to pee, right? Even if you're on a road trip and have had to hold it for so long that it's all you can think about for a while, after you pee, you just forget about it again, right? You don't ruminate or obsess. You just move on. The same thing can be true when it comes to eating. If you tune in, let yourself eat enough and don't attach meaning to what you eat. The obsession will fade away. Your body was designed to regulate your weight naturally at the right weight for you. And if you follow the cues it gives you, that's exactly what will happen. But if you decide the right weight for you is much thinner than what your body wants to be naturally, or you're committed to a worldview in which what a person eats means something about their moral character or worth, then prepare to be obsessed by thoughts about food all day, every day, forever. I know which one sounds better to me. How about you? You just listened to the post titled, How Often Do You Think About Food? by Jesse Neeland of jessenealand.com. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites. One of the things I love about Indeed is that it filters out incompatible applicants. So when you're hiring, the process is much faster and you only have to consider applicants that are already likely to be a great fit. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at indeed.com health. Just go to indeed.com health right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com health. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. And thank you to Jesse. She's a coach, writer, teacher, and speaker dedicated to helping folks break free from body image issues and love themselves. She had body image issues herself, and in her nine years as a personal trainer in New York City, she realized that her kind of body image issues were shockingly common, and she set out to find the answer to what body issues are really about. 
she discovered that they're always rooted in deeper mental and emotional stuff and must be tackled on that level. Come by jessineeland.com for a lot more. That's spelled J-E-S-S-I-K-N-E-E-L-A-N-D. And I have that linked in this episode's description. Dr. Neil here for my commentary. I guess it would be unrealistic to have everybody think like the fictional character Cosmo Kramer from the hit sitcom Seinfeld. After ridding himself of his apartment refrigerator, long story, just another one of Kramer's harebrained schemes, and feeling hungry all the time as a result of getting rid of his refrigerator, he bragged to his good buddy and neighbor, Jerry. He said, you know what I discovered? I like depriving myself of things. It's fun, very monastic. But when I really think about it, Kramer does kind of have a point. I used to tell my weight loss patients that feeling hungry is going to be a natural part of life for a while. Instead of fighting that feeling or feeling as though they're less than for feeling a bit hungry, we have to find a way to quiet the feeling. We need to embrace it. Why? Well, because you're changing. You're changing your body. In order to change, you're gonna have to get comfortable with a new normal. That new normal may be feeling hungry more often temporarily. You're going to be eating less. So hunger is a very normal and natural response. Feeling hungry to the point where you feel weak or can't think straight or can't function isn't the goal. Instead, feeling a little hungry is okay. So as Jesse said, let's try not to obsess about it. Your body is trying to cue you, but it's cueing you based on old habits, an older version of the user manual. We're gonna need version 2.0, the new and improved you user manual. Now, sometimes this cue isn't about hunger at all. Maybe it's about boredom. Maybe it's about anxiety or stress. Maybe it's thirst. So let's see if we can be okay with feeling a little hungry most of the day. We don't have to think of it as deprivation or fool ourselves into thinking it's fun like Kramer did. But maybe we can think of it as the first step toward a new version of ourselves, version 2.0, and take a more neutral approach to food. All right, that'll do it for today. I'll be back here tomorrow for the Friday Q&A. So I'll see you there where your optimal life awaits.